I was reading through the book of Romans the other day, and I'm um, in chapter 12, which is where the Apostle Paul really shifts into the applications of the gospel. What does it look like to be uh, believing in Jesus? What kind of life overflows from these truths and these convictions? And I came across verses from chapter 12, uh, verses 9 and 10, and a few things really struck me about it, and I just want to share them with you. These are the verses. It says this, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Now, the older I get and the longer I'm a Christian, the more of a call and a weight I feel to believe in the Word of God. And the more I want to be a man of God, I want to believe in the Word of God, and I want to see my life conform to it. I want to see my mind believe what God says is true and to think like God. I want my heart to feel like God's heart and react to situations the way that uh, God shows in His Word. He reacts to situations, and so it is really important to me to be a Bible guy. But, you know, very often um, people's attitude can be that Bible guys are not fun to live with, um, not great to interact with. They can actually be a downer or frustrating or harsh or cruel. And, uh, and so I, I wrestle with this, you know, about giving my life over to the scriptures and believing that this truly is the word of God. And then I come across verses like this, where God's word says these two great commands about love. He says, let love be genuine. That is so good. He says, you know, when you're loving people, God loved you and he calls you to love. You know, the greatest commandment is to love God. And the next one is like it, to love your neighbors yourself. It says, when you're loving, it has to be genuine. Um, it, it can't be fake. It can't be superficial. It can't be just like a duty you do while you're doing the real work of being a Bible guy and correcting people and preaching and and poking out, pointing out mistakes in other people. And he says, no, you have to really love each other. You have to really genuinely care about each other the way God has cared about you in Christ. And then he goes on and he says it again in a slightly different way. He says, love one another with brotherly affection. This is so good. Um, you know, sometimes people will say about other Christians or other people, you know, I love the guy. I just don't like him. <laughs> you know, you let your heart off the hook from actually fulfilling this command. I, I love him. I'll, I'll do my duty towards him. I'll take care of him. But I just don't like him. And this scripture pushes against that. It says, when you love, love each other with a brotherly affection. It says, care about them like their family. Enjoy them. Be gracious to them. Be warm to them. And I just love that. I love this call to true brotherly affection. And I just want to put these together. You know, if the scripture is God's word, and these are the very commands of God, but we're worried about the commands of God making us superficial or fake or harsh or, or just mainly judgmental. Look, the word of God says you need to love each other genuinely like you from the heart enjoy the person in front of you because you're they're your brother or your sister and it's not just like it he's like 
Seek this. Seek by God's Spirit. Seek by His grace to really, deeply enjoy each other with affection because they're your family in God. I love that. It encourages me just to be like, I am going to be a Bible guy and I am going to, by God's grace, genuinely love my brothers and sisters. I'm going to genuinely enjoy them and treat them like they're really my family. But I want to point out something else that's going on here in the scripture that, that is impactful for me. Um, there's something in here going on, a little Bible sandwich, a little uh, chiasm. Sometimes when the Bible is speaking, when the authors in the New Testament in particular are writing, they use a technique to make a point called a chiasm, where they start with an idea, and then they end with an idea, and in between is a different idea, and you're supposed to let these things work together. It's like a sandwich, okay? So when you make a sandwich, you've got two pieces of bread, and then you put the meat on the inside, right? Like the Montreal smoked meat or um, the the maple smoked ham or whatever it is. You put the, the goods on the inside, but you've got the bread on the outside, and those things go together to make a sandwich. That's your meal. And in this little uh, portion of scripture where we get this command, this exhortation, this encouragement to love each other, the command to love is the sandwich pieces. It's on the outside. But the meat on the inside is these is this command about good and evil. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. And we're supposed to hold these things together. We're supposed to think, okay, what is going on here? And what I think is going on is that God and the Spirit and the Apostle Paul are wanting us to have a certain kind of genuine love, a certain kind of brotherly affection expressing love. And it's that kind of love that knows the difference between good and evil and hates evil and loves what is good. Okay, so what it's saying is that you can't ignore moral good and evil. You can't ignore spiritual good and evil and still think that you're going to be able to genuinely love somebody or love them with brotherly affection the way God wants to. If you forget God's commands about good and evil, if you just ignore it, you think it's getting in the way, it just makes you stuffy, it makes you cruel, it makes you hate-filled, it makes you a bigot. If you ignore God's commands about good and evil, the scripture says, forget about actually accomplishing genuine love and brotherly affection. Okay, either you'll get uh, superficial and you'll, you'll actually lose the capacity by God's grace to genuinely love people, or you'll just be indulging a kind of shallow sentimentalism that doesn't actually care about the person you're trying to love. Because if you don't care about whether or not you're doing evil to them, if you don't actually care about resisting evil in your life or in someone else's life, um, you're warm feelings towards them aren't doing any good. And if you don't hold fast, even when there's a cost to loving what is good and doing what is good, your love for people around you is going to be flimsy and flaky and actually not accomplish the eternal good that God wants to do in their lives through your genuine love and your brotherly affection. So we need these things together. So in a nutshell, I love and trust the Bible because whenever I have a concern about it steering me wrong, I find scriptures that fulfill my highest expectations and go beyond my highest expectations for the word of God. If I'm ever worried that the Bible is going to make me unlovely or unloving, I find these verses that say, actually, Rob, God calls you to a deeper, more affectionate and profound love than you could ever do on your own. 
So I trust the word of God and I remember that the word of God refines how I understand love. To know that in order to truly love somebody, I have to hate what God hates and love what he loves so that I can do them a true and genuine eternal good through my loving them as a brother. Be blessed.